Elizabeth Chapel, a lifelong entrepreneur who finally found my niche. After years of new ideas and jumping from business to business, I figured out how to turn a craft into a successful career. In 2016, I started a monthly subscription box for quilters. That little startup has grown into a thriving, multiple six-figure business that I am so proud of. As a published author, designer of fabrics and patterns being sold throughout the world, my favorite thing to do is to teach others how to grow a career of their dreams. Each week you'll hear from me or from other guests who are creative entrepreneurs, so you can learn exactly what to do and what not to do to grow a career that's more rewarding and successful than you ever thought possible. If you're ready to turn your craft into a career that you love, I am so excited you're here. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. This is Elizabeth Chapel, the host of the show. And this week, we have a guest on the podcast that I am really excited to introduce you to. His name is Trey Stewart. He is a Division I basketball player. He plays for Brigham Young University. And he is also a sewer. He takes quilts and turns them into clothing for professional athletes. Wow, like this is so cool. And not only that, he's still in college. He's about to graduate and he has big dreams for his business and where that's going to go and who he wants to make clothing for. I cannot wait for you to meet Trey. Before we jump in and I introduce you to Trey, if you have not left a review for the podcast, take just a second and go and leave a review. When you leave a review for the podcast, it can help other entrepreneurs to find the podcast. So consider it paying it forward. So thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review. And for those who've already left a review, thank you, thank you. It means so much for the podcast. So now before we jump in and meet Trey, I'll tell you a little bit about how I discovered Trey. And I actually have my husband to thank. So my husband one day sent me a DM and he's like, hey, check this out. I think you'll like it, which I just think is so sweet that he he's even considering like my business and things that that might be in my realm. So I went to look and there was a video of this guy sewing and making clothing. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. He's taking a quilt and making quilt clothing. Like, I love it. So then I went and looked a little further. I'm like, wait a minute. He plays basketball. That's cool. My husband played college basketball. My kids play basketball. And then I was like, wait a minute, he plays basketball for the college I graduated from. Oh my gosh. And I told my kids, hey, do you know who Trey Stewart is? And they're like, yeah, he's so cool. We love him. I was like, I think I'm going to have him on my podcast. I'd love to have him. And then I started telling more people, I want to have Trey Stewart. That became my claim to fame. Not that he is on my podcast or that he's going to be. My claim to fame was I am going to ask Trey Stewart to be on my podcast. And then one day I had a DM from Trey Stewart. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, look at this. He DM'd me and it was like, hey, I love your stuff. Cool, keep up the good work. I mean, very nothing, but I was like, he DM'd me. Oh my gosh, this is the moment. I'm gonna ask him to be on the podcast. So Trey has no idea that I was like, when should I ask? It's basketball season, he's busy. So I'm really, really thankful that he took the time during his busy basketball season to be a guest on the podcast. And he is one talented guy and so friendly. After we chatted for the recording, 
I was like, can I bring my kids up to come and say hi to you? And he was like, sure, of course. And then he said, hey, if you're at the game tomorrow, which we happen to be at their game against Wyoming, he was like, come and I'll bring you down to the locker room and show you around afterward. And he did. And not only that, there were a lot of fans there who wanted to talk to Trey and he spoke to every single one. There was even a little girl there who, I don't know, maybe she's eight years old. And she was like, hey, Trey. And he went and signed her hand. And I was like, how do you know Trey? She's like, oh, he's my buddy. I see him after every game. And I mean, she legit like, he's my buddy. Every person there who wanted to talk to Trey, he took the time. He went and did an interview. He talked to everybody. They all feel like, hey, he's my buddy. He he cares. He likes me. And he genuinely does. Like he is a really kind, kind person. So with that background, let's jump in and let me introduce you to Trey Stewart. So Trey, thank you for being on the Craft Your Career podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. For our listeners, can you just kind of introduce who you are and what you do? All right. My name's Trey. I play the sport of basketball and I also like to make art. And recently that has been through clothing. So yeah, dabbling a little bit of anything. I'm a student as well. I'm a psychology major, so I graduate in April. So we're almost there. Just got to keep pushing. Got that senioritis, but it's whatever. Okay, so I am curious. When you graduate, what do you plan to do? Are you going to go on or, yeah, whatever you're hoping for? Yeah, so that kind of shifted completely. You know how you always have this plan and then it always just goes somewhere different? But I wanted to be a sports psychologist for youth, which is something I'm still pursuing. Like, that's how I'm educationally approaching, like, my path right now is that I'm doing that. But then ever since I started doing my clothing, I've just found so much joy in that and a lot of success has come from it. So kind of right now, my main focus is just try to make art and just do my thing for a little bit and just kind of see how that goes and where it can take me in life. So yeah, it's been really fun. And I'm curious, so you say you like to create art, like when you say art and art being, because I found you through my husband saying, check out this guy, he makes quilt clothing. I was like, huh, really? So what do you do other art besides sewing or? Really, I just like, I have so many ideas in my head and I'm just trying to develop so many mediums that I can work with so that I can create the images that are in my head. It's like I'm learning photography, I'm learning Photoshop. Um, I know how to, you know, I'm sewing right now, a lot of clothes. I used to do custom shoes. Um, I used to, I can, I customize basketballs every once in a while. So it's just like, I've, I've made mosaics out of corduroy. Like really, I just like to do anything that has to do with art that's in my head. Uh, so I really like to call it all art. Like the clothes I make, even though it's clothing, they're clothing pieces to me. They're like expressions of art and they're just a different way of people like wearing my art, which I think is really cool to have it worn. And I am curious. So I've had other men on the podcast who who've turned their craft into a career. This is the first time I've had a D1 athlete who also is like a sewer crafter. How did you, uh, I have so many questions about it, but like, how did you first start to learn how to sew? You know, like you take that class when you were in seventh grade on how to sew. I made a pillowcase. That's all I remember. But then I remember in high school, I would kind of do customized shoes and I would pick up a sewing machine every once in a while to do stuff with it. Uh, but then I started doing the clothing aspect using like the cricket, heat press, all that. And then I decided to try to sew and just fell in love with it immediately. And yeah, it's kind of become a good little addiction. 
So the cricket, do you have family members who are also super crafty? Yes. So, oh, no, my, no, my aunt. Okay. First of all, shop at Joanne's. If you shop at Hobby Lobby, <laughs> I don't really like respect to you, but we're just not the same. If you're a Joanne's person, that means you just like being in solitude. It's nice. Like you're alone. Hobby Lobby is too hectic, but that's a side rant. That's a conversation for another day. But my auntie, she uh, gave me the cricket machine when I came home from my mission. So she kind of sparked this whole clothing thing for me. Um, and then it's just taken off from there. And she's a big sewer as well. So she's always my lady. I need to, I'm like, I'm trying to get a sewing machine. What should I get? She's got me. I need a serger. Auntie, what's a good serger? Oh, let me go check my website. They got heat transfer vinyl. Buy three, get free free. She's going to send me the coupon. So she's just locked in. So it's fun to like have like a family member who really like teaches you the ways. And you can kind of have that like, oh, what did you create this week? And she, she'll send me pictures. I'll send her pictures. So it's fun. That is really cool. You mentioned that you went on a mission. Can you explain more what that is and what you did? Yeah, so for two years, you get sent to a random place and just talk to people about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, it was really fun. I enjoyed my time. So I got called originally to Leeds, England, and I served there for nine months, but I was there during COVID. Uh, so I had to come home because I had asthma, which that's a, that's a topic for another day. They sent me home from England because I have asthma. I'm like, I can play basketball. I can run just fine. I'm no different, but that's fine. I got sent Let to... Let me take that off. Yeah, exactly. It was another opportunity. So then I got to go serve in Washington and Oregon State. And that was really cool. I was like, everyone always asked me, which one did you like more? It's so hard to tell because each of them taught me so many like, form like formative things that like shaped who I am today. So yeah, missions are incredible. That is cool. So I actually served a mission as well. Um, oh, for church, for church. Uh, London, England. Hey, let's go. English pals. All right. What was your favorite oh, food there? Oh, I love. Okay. Did you ever have pavlova? No. What is that? Right. It's like, anyhow, Yorkshire pudding and like Sunday roast with the dessert. Okay. Pavlova. But you really how about you? Um, yeah, you can't go wrong with the nice roast dinner, but uh, the place I lived, I lived up north. I don't know how many Arabics there were where you mm -hmm. were, but there was a lot. Like my first area is probably like 60, 50 percent. And the shawarma there, they just have the meat straight on the cooking thing. Just make it right in front of you. Oh, so good. Yeah, they have, they have some good Indian food, uh, fish and chips. Yeah, anyhow. But the further north you get, the accent gets a little weirder. I was like, oh. yeah. No, the South, because like everyone's like, oh, did you pick up an accent? I'm like, nah, the South, they talk like Harry Potter and it's cool. But the further north you get, it's like this like Jordy weird accent where I'm like, I don't want none of that in my vocabulary. With all due respect <laughs> to the stories up north, I just don't want to speak like you. That's my personal thing. Well, and they say like yoga, like anyhow, we talk about that. Yeah, man, put the wood in the toilet. That means shut the door. You're like, why don't you say shut the door in a normal way? It's fine. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. That is cool that you were in England. So, and then you play basketball for, can you tell us like what college you go to, how you decide to go there? Yeah, I go to uh, Brigham Young University. Um, yeah, I just, I originally committed at a school called UVU, like 10 minutes from BYU. And I originally committed there, but then before I left on my mission, my coach switched over to become the coach at BYU, brought me along with him and yeah, I love it here. It's been great and enjoy playing basketball. The fan base is awesome. And then beyond that, like the alumni are incredible because it's just such a good network to get connected to. 
So I just have so many people that I can just call up and ask business questions who are very successful and they've kind of brought me under their wing and given me advice and like allowed me to use their network. So it's been really cool. That's very cool. So which brings me to, I saw you made like a quilt, quilt coat for somebody who's a big deal, whose name is escaping me, but it was like a business thing. So uh, how it happened is my coach is friends with the owner of the jazz. His name is Ryan Smith. Um, And he came, I held a fashion show. And he came to my fashion show and just loved everything that I did. So then Dwayne Wade, the basketball player, is like one of the greatest basketball players. I look up to him so much. And he was coming to speak. And Dwayne Wade also has part-time ownership in the jazz. So that's how him and Ryan know each other. But then Ryan hit me up and was like, hey, make something for Wade. And that's just like one of those testaments of like, he just gave me an opportunity. And I'm just like, it was cool because when Wade was talking, he was talking about moments and like taking advantage of opportunities. And I just felt like I've been working hard at sewing and like I held my fashion show and did all this stuff. So then Ryan saw that I was ready for the opportunity and gave me it. And then I just went and made something for him and it went crazy. So then just been, he's been giving me a lot of other people like Jordan Clarkson, a bunch of other dudes. He's just allowed me to get connected with and make stuff for. So that's been cool. Do you get intimidated ever to make something personalized for somebody? No, I get excited. I don't really get like stressed or nothing, which is kind of nice. Like when I get those opportunities, like I just remember all the times I've just stared at a blank wall in the middle of the night, sewing, just listening to that needle go down and up, down and up. So then when those opportunities come, I'm like, oh, we're here for it. Like I'm ready to go make something crazy. And I just like get excited about it just because I have all these ideas in my head and all these people are canvases. Like Dwayne Wade's a canvas, Jordan Clarkson's a canvas. And they're such good canvases for me to work on because they match my style and like what I want to create. So then when I'm given the opportunity to create something for them, it's like I can really express myself and share my mind with the world. So, Who's someone you want to make something for that you haven't yet? That's like a dream. That's a tough one. There's a lot because there's a rapper, Little Yachty. I just love his fashion. He got cool fashion. Um, There's a few girls I want to tap into. I need to tap into my female celebrities. So we're going to kind of work our way into that realm, but yeah. But who are some female celebrities? I'm very curious. Ooh. See, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> yes, I am. We were just talking about, who were we talking about? Viola Davis? Yeah. She got good style. Just like nice. people like that. Like, there's just so many good canvases out in the world where I'm like, man, like, it'd just be so cool to create something for someone. So Travis Kelsey? Yeah, this is another one. That's another side note. Ooh. Yeah. Travis yeah. Kelsey, is that someone you'd be interested in? The, the, the Swifty, that's the thing. So my aunt who sews, she's a big Swifty. With all due respect to my Swifties, I'm just not a Swifty, and that's okay. But, like, I remember one time I was sitting down with someone, and I was like, hey, tell me why you're a Swifty. Like, why do you like Taylor Swift? And they're like, well, I just like her lyrics, and she's, like, very, like, she thinks about, like, what she's going to write. And I was like, that's the same reason I like Kendrick Lamar, who's one of my favorite rappers. So I'm like, who am I to say, like, your favorite singer is garbage? So shout out to the Taylor fans. Travis Kelsey <laughs> wants something. I'll gladly make something for him. But yeah, not at the top of my list with all due respect. Okay. So when you make something for somebody, how do you find like the quilt or whatever, you know, to sew with? Um, really, I Facebook Marketplace, eBay, Thrift. I just really like using fabric that already had a purpose before. Cause it's just so cool to like take something and repurpose it. Cause it just has so much more meaning to the fabric. 
because like I, sometimes I'll buy fabric like if I need to, but I really like to take a blanket because it just has such a rich story behind it. And especially the granny square blankets that I've recently been working with, I've fallen in love with that because it's like someone made this by hand. So it's just really cool to like have something that's handmade and like has a story behind it and someone made their art and then I'm turning and repurposing it into something else. So that's just been really cool. So I don't know if you're aware, turns out the quilting community can get a little opinionated on mm -hmm. things. I didn't know. Like when I first started, I was like, don't call that a blanket. I was like, why? Yeah. Like that's a, kind of offensive. It's a quilt. I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, so one of the things like quilt clothing has become trendy and some quilters hate that people take old quilts and repurpose them which blew my mind I'm like why so I love that you find them on like Facebook marketplace or places where it's not like a cherished heirloom it's they're getting rid of it and I mean is that am I right with that yeah no that's a that, when I saw you wrote that question that's a great question because it's funny I, I like I've had people been like with the granny square ones like why don't you just crochet your own sweater? I'm like, I'm not going to crochet an entire hoodie. Why don't I like, cause then I have to make it and then tear it up. Yeah. It was a long story, but I get the whole debate behind it. Cause some people like their quilts me. So like are so meaningful to them. But again, just like art is in everything. Like you can take anything and just repurpose it. And I'm just a big thrifter. Like I love thrifting all my clothes and stuff. So it's just like just tiny little things of giving something new life. I think is awesome. And like you're saying, like they're giving it away. So I'm not going to go like take someone's like quilt with all their grandkids accomplishments, like the t-shirt quilts that people make. But yeah, I'm, I'm dancing that line and I'm in the process right now. I'm manufacturing quilted hoodies. So then I don't have to take apart quilt. So maybe that will give me some grace in the quilted community where they won't be as, you know, they won't, it won't be as controversial for them, I guess. Well, I don't know. There, but Anything's going to be controversial. That's one thing I found out. Everything's controversial. It turns That's out cool. everyone has an opinion on something. So it's the vintage fabric, though, it's just so nice when it's like, like things aren't made like they are. Like, you know, we talk about fast fashion and people making stuff that like, it's just not going to last. But like you go back a few years, like they're making stuff that was made to last. And like a lot of these blankets are made to last. And the big thing now is people heat press quilts, which is like a way to manufacture quilts very quickly but they don't have the threads in there. And I just can't stand a heat press quilt. It blows my mind that I, I feel like it's just oh, a that is. quilt. Yeah. That's like a sheet, a panel and you just, or what, I don't even know what a heat press is. If you look it up, it's like a, it's, it's not thread. It just, they heat press the like design of a quilt into it. So like from far away, it can trick your eyes that it's a quilt. And like the little dots that they heat press look like stitches. When you get closely, it's just like the fabric pressed together. It's very like it's creative because it's a way to make quilts cheap, but it's not a quilt. It's not yeah. like a new vintage feeling. Oh, my audience will resonate with that. Like, right, that is not a quilt. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, there's a company that you started called Default Happiness. Can you tell me when that started and how that began? Yeah, so uh, I started doing shoes just because I wanted to like raise mental health awareness and just kind of like give an example of spreading like happiness and hope. And that was like my main purpose behind doing it. Um, it's just like creating little hoodies that said like smile or happiness. And I'm getting my hair braided right now. And my braider was just telling me how like when she wears the hoodie, she can't like walk around with a sad face. And I feel that like sometimes I'm tired and then I'm like, I'm wearing a hoodie that says smile. So I can't really walk around all sad. 
Um, but that's just been a good thing because then that's allowed me to like get in the room of just a bunch of business people and just get their like I like pick their brain and stuff. And it's just like I'm really learning how to run a business, which is really awesome. And I've mostly done it for charity. Like I do, I usually like whenever I drop a piece, it'll be like I'll connect it with the charity. So like my fashion show was for a wheelchair basketball team. My last hoodie drop was for like buying toys for kids in the DR for Christmas. So it was just cool to like have like a bunch of ways to generate income to then have fun projects where I can give back. So, yeah. Very cool. And when did that start, that company? Ooh, October of 2021, I believe. It was like right when I got back from my mission. I originally started just doing shoes, but then it evolved to clothes. My kids and my husband are laugh that I don't know like the terminology for this, but you'll know. So in the athletic world, college athletics, they're used to that you can now like get paid for your likeness and image. Yeah. What is this called? NIL. And NIL? Yeah. So I was reading an article about like you were able to sign on some athletes, some BYU basketball players. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? For yeah. I, I don't yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about here, but yeah. uh, are you able are, do you want to continue doing that? Can you explain a little bit about what that is for my yeah. listeners? So uh, NIL is you can make money off your name, image, and likeness. That's what it stands for. And it's really been a blessing for me personally because like a lot of people view it as college kids just getting thrown money. But I wouldn't be able to make own a company if I didn't, if NIL wasn't a thing. Because then it's just like a conflict. There's a lot of weird NCA rules. So it's been a blessing in that aspect of things where I can now go out and use my platform as a basketball player to promote like what I'm doing off the court. Um, but then beyond that, like, like before you're not like, you weren't allowed to give people like free stuff and like athletes weren't allowed to promote other brands. So it's been cool where last year I made a hoodie for every single one of my teammates and we did like a day in the game where they all wore them as pregame outfits. So it was cool to just work with all my teammates, sit down, have a general idea of like, what they wanted their hoodie to be about and then just like portray that vibe on a hoodie for them. So yeah. And I am. You do get paid for, for creating those for them or. No. So like that, an NIL deal would be like, I sign, they're doing a deal with my company. So they get paid. Yeah. So they get paid and, or they get a uh, free stuff. So, okay. Yeah. You see yourself doing that more in the future. Um, yes and no. Like I see myself like as my, like apparel gets a little bit more, like I want to be able to mass produce my apparel at a high level, which I'm doing right now. It's kind of a weird debate between like the artist and the businessman of like, I want to keep my art very pure. But then at the same time, you have to be able to produce a lot of product. So in terms of manufacturing, I'm trying to get a lot of stuff manufactured in a, like a still high quality level. Like I want to keep my art in it. Uh, but then as I build that up, it'll be nice to like allow other athletes to like promote whatever they want. So like I worked with the quarterback at BYU. Um, he's now on the bike, but like he wanted to promote high bowling. So then I sat down with him and we took the hoodie and all the proceeds from that hoodie starting his own foundation. So just like little projects like that, that I'm able to do. And I want to keep doing that with people who I really feel like portray the vision that I'm trying to, or vision messaging that I'm trying to give out. Very cool. So what is the hardest part about starting a business for you or what has it been? Um, 
really it's just like you want things to move faster than they do. Like it just takes a long time. Like I've been doing this for what, a year and a half now. And I'm very go with the flow. So like whatever opportunities come, I'm going to take them. And I have like a picture of where I want to go, but it's not like I'm so set in stone in it. Cause I don't want to be so closed minded to opportunities that come and be like, no, like I have to get here. And like, I would never have gotten to like this sewing stuff if I would have had my original vision that I had. So it's cool to see it evolve, but um, yeah, I don't know. Starting a business is just, you know, challenging itself. You want things to move fast. You don't have a lot of resources, um, but you just slowly have to build that up. So it's been like fun to see my workshop grow and see all the things that I have now that I can create art with just because it's been slow building, obviously, but yeah. Just being patient, being patient and taking opportunities. Which is crazy. Like a year and a half, that sounds like no time at all. But I know when you're in it, it feels like I should be way ahead of where I am. I know you're like, I can get here. I can do this. But it's like, nah, chill. Take your time. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's been the most like rewarding part of starting this business? Um, Probably just connecting with people. And like, uh, like one of my favorite quotes... I guess it just sounds like a tool thing to say. It's one of my quotes that I came up with, but it's like one of my messaging is like, he who creates art shall share his mind with the world. So I feel like I'm sharing my mind with the world. So that's been very rewarding to like share like my personal perspectives and like my ideas with people uh, just because I'm able to have this platform to do what I want to do. But then beyond that, like seeing people wearing your art and like being happy and feeling good about what they're wearing is just so cool to me. So, yeah. Oh, he who creates art shall share his mind with the world. Okay, cool. Yeah, I really love that. That's awesome. So thank you so much for being here on the Craft Your Podcast and sharing your journey. I guess just any, what's your last parting advice that you might have for someone who's just thinking about or just wanting to turn their craft into a career? Um, one of the, like when I first had the idea, I went into my coach about it. And my coach was like, just go, just do it. And like, a lot of times we have these ideas. One of my favorite quotes is the graveyard is the richest place in the world because there lies ideas that never were brought forth because people weren't able to act on them. So I feel like if people are able to act on their ideas and just go and take risks, do whatever, like your mind's telling you to do and all these ideas that you have, like make them come to life and work really hard at it. Cause then all these great ideas are just going to come and like everybody, like our society will just lift up because everybody's just chasing what they love doing. Uh, so if you have that idea, just go chase it. And, and my last thing I just say, make art and spread love. That's just what I'm trying to do. Beautiful. And if our listeners want to find you, where is the best place for them to go find, follow? Oh, I always forget my Instagram. My my business one's default happiness. And then my personal one's Trey Stewart one. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what it is. <laughs> I'll put the links in the show notes for sure. And then is there a website they can check out? Uh, defaulthappiness.com. Awesome. All got, right. a new, got, got a new Willy Wonka project coming up. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. We'll check that out. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Trey, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. It was so much fun chatting with you and hearing how you got into this creative industry and where where you want to go with it, what your dreams are. I know I'm going to be following and watching to see all that you do. And honestly, I got a little bit of like, it gave me this creative energy, if you will, to hear what you're doing 
and just what feeds you, you know, like using the Cricut and using all these different kinds of art forms. It fed my creativity to where I'm like, what do I love? You know, how can I really tap into this thing that really feeds my soul? And so I just love that. It's very cool to hear, hear how this started. And thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. So listeners, if you have not gone and followed Trey, be sure to go and follow him on Instagram and you can see the clothes that he's making, who he's making them for, which is also really cool to see. So his Instagram is one, the number one, Trey, T-R-E-Y and Stewart spelled S-T-E-W-A-R-T. So Trey, thank you so much for being here on the podcast and listeners join me next Friday. I'll be right back here with a brand new episode of how to turn your craft into a career. Thanks so much and have a great week.